Greetings, fellow citizen of the planet Earth who is concerned and interested about the emotional world of children. My name is Andrew Barnett, and this is Playtime, a podcast about children and play therapy, coming at both those things from a child-centered perspective. I decided to mix up the intro and didn't include things I usually include, but who actually even cares? And I'm probably going to spend like the next two minutes, maybe, I don't know how much time I'll spend doing it, rambling about the where playtime is going. If you feel like skipping that, there is a fast forward button. You can go boop, 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 and then you'll be ahead to a different place in the podcast. But I've been trying to figure out what to do with playtime. I made the horrible mistake of listening to some of my early episodes in a way to try to figure out what the heck this is and uh, was flooded with shame and realized that I, uh, you know, I may have overdone some of my criticism of parents and overemphasized some emotional wounding that happens in early childhood, and forgive me for that. Please take anything I say on this podcast as the perspective of one human soul with a small amount of mediocre training who is now a therapist. That's, that's literally all that it is. And I can also say that I've spent many of the past years going through my own therapy, and then part of that has been acknowledging my own emotional wounding, which literally we all have. And then from there, I projected some pieces of that onto the podcast, and I'm likely, no doubt, projecting large pieces of my own consciousness as struggles as a human onto this section as well. So take everything with a grain of salt as always. But I was going to talk about what I'm doing with the podcast, and so I released a recording on Patreon. That's my my interview, my fictitious interview with Dr. Fuzzy McCrazy, and I'm going to use that Patreon space to do silly, stupid stuff like that. Should you subscribe to the Patreon because I'm going to be putting regular videos on the Patreon? No, I have no idea how often I'll be putting videos on the Patreon. Maybe five a month, maybe one a year. Like, it, I can't hold myself to any kind of standard with that. Should you subscribe to the Patreon because... That 10-minute video is worth your time? Absolutely not. It's me conducting a fictitious interview with an aspect of myself on some level, and it's uh, ridiculous, and it's not going to inform your work as a child therapist or a human, most likely. It's just a way, for some reason, that I can't explain. I feel compelled to make ridiculous things, and the Patreon will be a vehicle for that. But enough of all that nonsense. Let's get to the topic of the day and the topic of the day is the changing world of parenting now it feels like i can't even open up the newspaper without reading some parenting thing that feels like it's including some child-centered principles feels like it is including a higher level of respect for the emotional world of children and if you've ever dabbled in what parenting used to look like uh lloyd de mouse's a history of childhood is a fantastic resource i love alice miller's for your own good They detail just the wicked way that children have been raised for hundreds if not thousands of years with physical punishments, emotional punishments, obedience above all else. I mean, that you can even find some of that same kind of thinking, that obedience thinking, that duty thinking inside of parenting manuals today, but things are shifting. The tide is turning, and at least for me, inside of my own therapy practice, I get a wide 
wide variety of parents. I get some parents, and maybe it's because they looked at my website or whatever first, who are really on board with child center principles, who have an understanding that their child has an emotional world, who respect the autonomy of their child, who respect their child's path in whatever form it might take, who don't have sort of unrealistic expectations about what their child is going to be doing or thinking or saying at a particular time, who don't see obedience as the end goal inside of a child's world. And then I also have parents on the opposite side of that spectrum, parents who are into consistency, into obedience, don't like being talked back to, don't like it when their child has negative emotions. And as a therapist then, and if you're a play therapist or a child therapist or whoever, or even a teacher, doesn't matter, you have to find a way to connect with and work with a wide variety of people on that spectrum. You gotta find a way to both support a family who is attempting to be more emotionally respectful and you have to also find a way to support the families who are committed to structure who are committed to discipline who are committed to obedience and duty and respect and have those as sort of their high values not that i'm not trying to shit on either side of this spectrum i obviously find myself on one side of the spectrum But then I see it as incumbent upon myself and incumbent upon anyone who's a therapist that you are able to treat whoever comes to see you with whatever they're coming to see you with, with whatever value system they're coming to see you with, whatever goals they have that they are coming to see you with. And here's at least my personal dilemma with all of this is that I can get stuck in this trap. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably could get stuck in this trap too, where on the one hand... I believe with my whole heart and soul that we are moving towards a more emotionally respectful world. I believe we're moving towards a world where people as parents feel it is incumbent on them to not just project their own emotional garbage onto their children who try to have a sense of like, okay, I'm being reactive right now. And why, why am I being reactive? Parents who aren't just throwing discipline and obedience at their children and saying, you've got to do X, Y, and Z things. It feels like many parents today are exploring aspects of themselves that they wish were a little bit different. We don't want to repeat the history of parenting and childhood. We are all moving in a different direction. Parents right now are all, or many of them, are trying as hard as they can. And they know that things could be better than the way that they were parented. That's not to cast shade on parents of past generations who were also trying as hard as they could, who also have paved the way for the world that we're living in today. But I guarantee you that my great-grandparents raised my grandparents very differently than my grandparents raised my parents, than my parents raised me, than I'll raise my children. And I think for a lot of people, that's the case, and that's a beautiful thing. And so holding all of that in mind, it can be difficult for me at times to work with a family that doesn't have the same value system that I have because I can feel inside of myself that I want to help them move in a certain kind of direction. I want to help them move to get out of their like punishment reward dynamic. I want to help them feel like they don't have to have every single aspect of their child's life structured. And we got sticker charts and we got reward systems and punishment systems. And it sounds so exhausting. I think it is so exhausting. And I want to move them towards something more cooperative, something that makes space for everyone's emotional experience. But there are times when parents who are coming to see me are not looking for that. And then it's incumbent upon me 
as a therapist to recognize like, okay, that's not what you're looking for. What are you looking for? Ah, you want more peace and harmony inside of your home. How can we get that inside of a structured system? How can we get that inside of a punishment system? And then we can offer just the simple things that we can offer. It's like, okay, it is helpful when you have that kind of system to be consistent with it. It's also helpful when you have that kind of system to allow the child to have an emotional reaction and not get too tied into it, to allow them to have their emotional experience inside of this system that they don't like, to be able to get that out, to not just be holding all this animosity inside that's like a big bubble that bursts at different periods of time. There are these little things that we can do like that, like letting parents like that know, hey, don't keep shouting out these crazy consequences that you're not going to follow through with. If you want them to take the system seriously, then you have to take it seriously. If you want them to invest in it, you need to let them have an emotional experience around it and develop some relationship to it. And those are small things that we can do to help families inside of their own values move towards having more harmony in their home. And then that can still include some emotional experience for the child, right? That can still include building some consistency and trust inside of the family. And then it doesn't have to look like us saying to them, we'll just throw all that structure out the window because they want that structure. And how the hell do we know how their house is going to work best? I'm not trying to hold any family to some value-driven, idealistic, pie-in-the-sky kind of standard. But now let's talk about that other side of the spectrum. And that other side of the spectrum is parents who are trying to live out these values and principles, these child-centered things, trying to have a harmonious home, trying to have a mutual respectful relationship with their children, and are having trouble with that. And 90% of the time, ah, I just threw out random numbers that feel good. Who knows how much of the time. But some of the time. When I have parents in that situation, it feels like what is coming up for them as they're trying to live out these principles is a lot of feelings, all kinds of feelings, all kinds of shame in themselves maybe for not living up to that kind of principle, remembering what it was like when they were children and having stuff come up around that. And then the task for them, maybe, depending on who it is. But if you if you feel like this is what the task is for them, then, then you know, you could try leaning into that and see how that goes, is that we live in a rapidly changing world in terms of how parenting is going, in terms of how people are going about parenting and the intentions they are bringing into being parents. And that's not the way that many of us were raised. And then as a result, so many different feelings can come up with all of that. So much repressed emotion from childhood, so much shame from childhood or guilt or anger or sadness or grief. And then those things can get in the way of them being the kind of parent that they want to be. And those are opportunities for them to explore themselves, to understand what emotions come up for them when they're trying to do something different, to reclaim their past, to know all of those emotions that were in their past so they can move into their future as an assertive parent who is doing what they want to be doing, who isn't carrying all this guilt and shame, who doesn't have this pie-in-the-sky expectation of what their life is going to be like with their child all the time, and who can sink into that they're trying their best, that they're trying their best in connection to different kinds of values inside of themselves. And so sometimes those parent sessions can be a place for them to explore what does come up for them as a parent. Are those things newer emotions of the situation or do those things have roots that stretch 
back into their own history as a person, which is then an opportunity for them to be able to explore and get to know themselves on a deeper level. Now, in doing parent sessions, sometimes there's not enough space for that therapeutic work inside of a parent session. And if a parent is really starting to dive into their own history, it would be more helpful for them to have a different space to do that with another therapist or in in some kind of other endeavor to get to know themselves better and to be the person that they want to be in this world. And that's, you know, ideally, that's what a therapist is and can be for people. But our parent sessions might not necessarily be the best place to be able to spill all of that out because the work is still centered around their child and is maybe not centered in sort of the parent's own experience, which could be worth diving into. And it's exciting to be living inside of a time where parenting is changing so much, where our attitudes towards mental health are changing so much and so quickly. The normalization of getting help from a therapist, all of our increased understanding that we do have repressed emotions that hang around. And hey, maybe we can build a better world that is centered around at least respecting the emotional experience of children and providing them with some psychoeducation around that, providing them with some spaces where they can express themselves freely and learn how to do that and learn how to be a person. We're putting different values inside of parenting at this point. And I, you know, I do believe with my heart that a lot of these child-centered principles fit into that. And as a field, we just have to be really careful. The world is changing and moving towards a place of increased empathy and increased self-awareness. I think many of you are aware of that. We also have many, many kinds of therapies that we do for children that serve to attempt to invalidate their emotional experience, attempt to just ameliorate whatever symptoms they have without allowing them to move through it, to medicate them so that they don't actually experience those symptoms anymore and can submit more easily to a school or environment or someplace like that. We have therapies like ABA for people with autism, which which many people find to be to be traumatic and not helpful. We have therapeutic facilities and boarding schools that we send children to when they're not getting along with their parents or not in cooperation with their environment, which can also be traumatizing. We have all kinds of ways as a mental health field, as a child mental health field, that are not moving towards a new and better world, that are supporting systems of thinking and systems of being that are outdated, that will increasingly be outdated. And as a field, we can either be on the side of moving towards love, moving towards acceptance and assertiveness or an autonomy, both for adults and for children, or we can be on the side of submission, or we can be on the side of emotional avoidance. And what's being reflected inside of therapy inside of child therapy that struggle that i'm discussing it's a struggle that we're dealing with as a society at large how do we make space for people's emotions is it worth making space for people's emotions and there's a lot of us that say yes i am one of those and there's a lot of us that say no and if you're someone who has been listening to this keep up the good fight right We still got to work with people who are trying to live inside of an old paradigm, and we can still help them. We can still find ways inside of the cracks to add some emotionality, to add some respect, to add some space for the emotional experience of different people to add some autonomy and freedom in a child's world. And we can add those things in the little bit of cracks and not try to push someone towards something just because we know that that things could be better than they are right now. We're getting there, but we're getting there. It's happening quickly. It feels really slow. 
at the time. And by slow, I guess I mean I myself can get frustrated of like, ah, look at the way that that person just talked to that child. Like, what kind of a mess, shitty world are we living in right now? But that's that's changing. I've been trying to find this passage in this book for the last 10 minutes. It's called For Your Own Good by Alice Miller. Can't find it. I'm going to paraphrase what I remember. I can never find anything when I want to quote a passage on this podcast. In the book, she has a lot of handbooks from early Germany, uh, like sort of 1900s Germany. She, she, Alice Miller's German herself, and she believes that a lot of these sort of child ring practices in Germany led to the... Uh, you know, unfortunate history of the, you know, the first half of the 20th century for Germany. And in the book, it'll talk about, okay, like, uh, if your child's been misbehaving, let's say they, they keep stealing food from the cupboard, you know, they're hungry, they got something, and they didn't tell you about it. Then at dinner time, make their favorite food and set it in front of them. And then tell them they're not allowed to eat the food. And when they reach to grab the food, smack them in the face. And do that every single time until they go to bed hungry. I'm talking about a period that's like less... I mean, I wish I could find the exact quote in the book, but she's talking about sort of uh, late 1800s, early 1900s. So we're talking about less than 150 years ago. That was printed in a handbook for parents on correct parenting. Part of that tradition that still manages to live today somehow of I'm hitting this kid for my own good. I'm hitting them to build their values. I'm hitting them from a place of the more I hit you now, the better you're going to be later. And we all know at this point that that's bullshit. That's bullshit. And we know that. And so here's to you for listening to this podcast, and here's to making a better world, or a a better way to put it, we do have to make it, but here's to riding the flow of respect for children. That is already happening, and that if you're listening to this, you in some way are a part of. So a little pat on the old back, and that is all that I have for this very 78th episode of Playtime. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to check out my interview with leading child-centered researcher Dr. Fuzzy McCrazy, then you gotta you gotta support the Patreon. I feel a little bit guilty putting it behind a paywall, but there is no intrinsic value in listening to that interview. In fact, you are really just listening to a person whose mind is slowly unraveling. So while I try to keep it together here on Playtime, you can you can listen to me lose my marbles over on the Patreon if you like. Though this podcast is offered for free and in the spirit of the gift, like all podcasts, head to barnettchildtherapy.com if you'd like to see more of my work, including the Child-Centered Children's Book series. And yeah, I will catch you all next time.